and thank you for joining us on Giving Voice to Depression. I'm Bridget. And I'm Terry. More than 350 million people worldwide suffer from depression, but you do not have to have it yourself to be affected by it. Its prevalence pretty much guarantees that someone you care about battles its darkness. This podcast shines some light into that darkness. We're not experts or therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and who are committed to encouraging healthy, healing conversations about mental illness. The phrase suicide survivor can mean a number of different things. That someone attempted suicide and lived, like Steve in our podcast Survivor, or that someone died by suicide and you are the survivor. Their spouse, mother, father, sibling, relative, or friend. You are left with the questions, the shock, the hurt, and quite likely some shame or guilt, if for no other reason than because that's what society often projects on you. Today, Abe Goldberg is giving voice to depression. He is a survivor of his 13-year-old daughter's suicide. Abby was a bright, athletic, good student with amazing friends. Abe describes his family as pretty typical, run-of-the-mill. Three kids, a house in the suburbs, they even had a dog. And like many families, mental illness was not on their radar. Stress was on our radar because you got two people who work and travel and you got three kids that play multiple sports. And so no shortage of stress uh, and probably high stress, which, you know, causes all sorts of problems. But from a, a, a mental health, depression, bipolar, all those categories and topics I, I, I would just say we were either living under a rock or we just didn't experience it. It's like it, it was like, a, like it just didn't exist. But when his daughter, Abby, was just 12 years old, starting seventh grade, they started to notice some changes. Abby herself suggested that maybe she needed to talk to someone. So they got her in to see a therapist. But then that quickly escalated before we knew it, I guess she, and then our daughter, our middle daughter said, I think Abby's throwing up in the bathroom after dinner. Then my wife calls me and says, Abby's cutting. So now we have some self-harm issues. And so, you know, we go to this therapist and the therapist says, you know, you need a psychiatrist. And so we met with a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist feedback is Abby's severely depressed. Mm. Okay. Well, you know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm, right? And, mm-hmm. and we didn't we didn't react with the, you know, you live in a beautiful home and loving parents, what do you have to be depressed about? Yes. Although although it would have been easy to do that because we were unaware not to do that. The whole family quickly became aware of an awful lot of things, including the existence of and need for emergency services at a local mental health facility. We, we pulled her out of school. You know, nine o'clock in the morning, went and got her. She's like, what are we doing? I'm like, you're coming with us. Why am I coming with you? Well, we're going to the hospital. I was like, okay. You know, and she, you know, we packed a bag and took her. And I have to tell you, um, if you've ever been through anything like that, it was, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's, it was definitely one of the second worst days of my life, right? So um, dropping your kid off at a hospital and leaving him there was pretty painful. In addition to painful, the whole experience was disorienting. How do you navigate such uncharted waters when you're confused and worried and scared? You can't get your kid in there. That's number one. There's no space. 
uh, unless you have this emergency, which they sort of take you through this validation process to determine the level of your emergency. And then when you do get your kid in there, then your kid now is exposed to a variety of things. Yes. For some reason, as parents, you think you have some control over anything, but now you have no control. Abby was hospitalized for about two weeks. And of course, the hope is that things will be better now. She is back at school. But unlike returning from the sort of illness or treatment that prompts cast signing parties or balloons and cards, at the hospital's suggestion, the whole thing was kept pretty hush-hush. Even most of her friends thought she was home with the flu. You know, we're trying to get things back on track, and life's very different in our home. There's a lot of stress now, and and every, you know, Abby continues to cut and self-harm, and um, we're trying to understand it. We're trying not to overreact to it, and we're trying to, you know, just get our bearings around all of this. Abby requested a second hospitalization, saying she didn't want to go back, but she didn't want to die either. I'm not sure that it helped. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, and, and, and then I guess on the other side of the equations, maybe it hurt. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else I would have done. So, you know, uh, I think you had, we had very limited options. Over the course of six short months, depression extinguished even those. July 7th of 2013, she ended her life. So from February to July, um, we, we, were on a, we were on a train that was off the track and we really had no, I mean, if you think of some guy sticking his foot into the gravel trying to stop a train, Mm. uh, that would be how I feel. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. I didn't know what to do for Abby. We didn't know what to do. We called out the cavalry, but it wasn't enough. And maybe it was enough. Maybe Abby had made up her mind. I mean, who knows? Mm -hmm. You just don't Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just don't know when, when people, you know, when, when people run out of hope and the pain, you know, gets so great that it, 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 they just make a choice. And that's our, that's our story. But of course, the story only ends there for Abby. Their pain goes away and everybody else's pain just begins. And you can't get away from it. Like, you know, I think about Abby... I don't know, 23 and a half hours a day. Mm. Every minute when I'm awake, you know, it never stops. Never stops. Never stops. The overwhelming um, emotion is not guilt, although there certainly is some guilt. It's really more frustration. You know, it's, it's, I just feel like we were holding it in our hands and it slipped through. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like holding water in mm. your hands, filling up your hands with water at the sink. You can keep it there for a little while. You can drink out of it for a little while. But then it drips through and, and it's gone. And I can't get it back. Then it drips through your hands and it is gone. And I can't get it back. Oh, that is a really tough one to hear as mothers. As parents, I should say. I can't imagine. And I also can't imagine how, in response to all of that, how people dig deep and, and reach out to the world and try to make life better for other kids. It just, it just astounds me how people are able to turn it around. Mm-hmm. And tell me how the Goldbergs are doing that. 
Well, in response to Abby's suicide and several others in their community, they started a a group that was formed around the question of what can we do to protect our children. And from that question, the organization Red Gen was born, where they promote um, healthy conversations about finding balance and about redefining what success is so parents can reframe it as well as kids. They have movies and lectures. And actually on their website, which is redgen, R-E-D-G-E-N dot org, they have a lot of really great resources that you should check out and some wonderful book suggestions. Cool. Really cool. And in our next edition, we will be speaking about how, in addition to everything else that suicide is, it is also a very particular and unique grief. And someone who has also experienced loss twice by suicide in her family uh, shares what she has learned about how it is a different kind of shock and grief and process. I want to thank Abe for sharing his story and for giving voice to depression and trying to help other people and other families. Thank you so much, Abe. We hope these podcasts help you to better understand or articulate the experience of depression. Thanks to each and every person who is giving voice to depression. You can find our podcasts on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com, as well as on iTunes, where we hope you'll subscribe, rate, and respectfully comment. And remember, if you're hurting, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.